0: When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply.
2: Welcome in a weekend wager here on Sports Radio 929 the game, 929 the and the Odyssey app. I am your host, Mark Zinno. Great to be with you for week 14 in the NFL. Appreciate you guys joining me. Make sure you hit me up on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M A R K Z I N O. Use that hashtag weekendwager929. Appreciate you guys uh, reaching out each and every week. Let me know what games you want and what games you want to hear about, and I'll certainly get to them. We cashed another winner last week with our best bet as the Lions. Took care of the Saints and covered. Got a little tight there at the end, but we still get the cover. Uh, and another winner for us here on Weekend Wager. A lot to do on the show. As always, we'll end up the show with Parlay's teaser survivor and decision our best bet of the show. We'll get to the Falcons game coming up in the next segment. We'll talk with our guests from wager talk coming up here as well on the show. So we appreciate you guys doing all that with us each and every week. Starting to get to that point in the year where lines get tight, markets get tight and and we know what teams are and what they're not, so it's harder to take advantage of certain spots against certain teams. And of course, we're also dealing with a ton and I mean a ton of backup quarterbacks. Who are playing so handicapping games has become increasingly more difficult each and every week. We'll try to get to it all here as we do each and every week on Weekend Wager. But right now, as always, let's start the show with the Power Five. All right, it is that time, and I am excited for the card this week. Well, at least the four o'clock slate. (laughs) One o'clock slate kind of stinks, guys. So after the Falcons game is over, you should be happy. You're not going to miss much at one o'clock. But let's start. With the Sunday night game, guys, I mean, it doesn't get much better than this. Dallas and Philadelphia, the rematch from a couple of weeks ago where the Eagles snuck out a win, in my opinion, that they probably didn't deserve. Uh, But now we get the rematch here in Dallas. Dallas laying three and a half at home and a total of 51 and a half, a high, high total here. Look, the Eagles last week got mollywhopped by the San Francisco 49ers, snapped a four-game win streak, right? Uh, where they had played a four game gauntlet of Dallas, KC, Buffalo, and the 49ers. The 49ers got the better of them. Cowboys currently on a four game win streak since their loss against Philadelphia, right? Beat up on the Giants, beat up on Carolina, beat up on Washington in a tighter game last week, at least for a half. And then the Cowboys, you know, took a lead in the second half and walked away from them as the Seahawks made it a little bit tighter than uh, many of us would have wanted who, uh, who backed the Cowboys. That said, I'm not going to not back the Cowboys again. I, guys, you know what I think about the Eagles. I don't think they're that good. Um, I know they're 10-2, and, and everybody wants to look at them as the best record league. I say week in, week out, I don't think they're as good as their record represents. Now, that said, they did beat this team in Philadelphia a couple weeks ago. Dallas had multiple, and I mean multiple opportunities to get the go-ahead touchdown in the final couple of minutes of the game. We're never able to do it. Philly gets out of there with a win. But Dallas is a healthy team right now. And they are playing some of their best football. They're averaging over 40 points a game at home this year. The Eagles just gave up 40 points, too, at home to the San Francisco 49ers. They gave up 34 points at home to the Buffalo Bills in regulation. They gave up 38 points to the Washington Commanders. Um, This is a pass defense that can absolutely be had. And this is one of the best pass offenses in the league. One thing to look out for in this game is the weather on Sunday night. Uh... Not going to be an issue, right? Because of their closed roof over at AT&T Stadium. That said, you know, this is one of those games where if it was played outdoors, it would have a much different feel. Thankfully for Dallas, it's not. That That's why I think that they're the right side here. They're not going to have any issues with this team. They're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to be able to pass the ball. Dallas knows they need to win here. And, oh, by the way, with that loss – To the 49ers. Dallas now puts themselves right back in position to go win this division. They lose this game, division done. It goes to the Eagles. The Dallas Cowboys won't catch them. Dallas wins this game. They've split the season series. Now it's going to get tight the rest of the way. So, a huge game for Dallas. And oh, by the way, if you don't want to lay the three and a half, and I know this is a long breakdown, if you don't want to lay the three and a half, I would endorse taking Dallas on the money line. Pay the juice. Minus one eight, whatever it is, go ahead and pay the juice. I think Dallas wins the game. I have very little reservation about thinking that they're going to win the game, but I would tell you, I, I wouldn't. I would pay the minus 175 to take them on the money line and not worry about it. All right, next game: Buffalo and Kansas City. Ooh, another big one here in KC. Chiefs laying one and a half. The Buffalo Bills total 48 and a half. A much higher total than what I thought, what, what I would have thought. Why? What, what have we seen the last couple of weeks from the Chiefs and an offense that can't really score? Well, what we've seen is a lot of unders. Right? They've played to a lot of unders this year, mostly because the Chiefs have been getting really high totals. But again, look at the Chiefs, 27-19, 46. That's under this number. 31-17, that's under this number. 21-17, under. 21-14, under. 24-9, under. Um, this total is high, and that tells me something here. What odds makers think that the Bills' defense, which again, gave up 37 to the Bills, gave up 24 to the The hapless Denver Broncos offense, I say hapless as I'm joking. The Bengals 24, I mean, look, they've had some problems. The only team that couldn't get to 24 on them was the Jets, and we know why. So, I think Buffalo is the right side here. Um, How is Kansas City going to respond after their loss to the Packers on the road uh, in in a game that, you know, we all thought that they would win? Uh, Nope. You know, this is a team right now that's that's struggling to get get out of their own way. Um, This is not an offense that you want to love. I mean, you know, the Bills have scored 53 more points than the Chiefs have this year. And their defenses are essentially the same. Um, So this is not a Kansas City team that I want to back. Now, it's a short number at one and a half here. So do what you will with that. The Bills need a win. Um, I I like the dog here in this spot. They have won an Arrowhead several times during the regular season, right? What happens always happens. The Bills lose in the postseason. They win in the regular season in KC. I think it happens here. Next game on the schedule, Denver and the Chargers. Boy, did we not see this game as an important game coming a couple of weeks ago. But it is. Why? Because the Denver Broncos continue to win football games. And I lost last week to the Texans in a very tight game, one that I think that probably puts them on the outside looking in. But you're at a 5-7 and seven Chargers team against a 6-6 six and six Broncos team here. And if the Chargers have any hope at even putting themselves in a playoff conversation, this is an absolute must-win spot here. Uh, and they've got to get out in front of Denver. Did the Broncos come back down to earth last week? Probably a little bit. Did they get a little bit lucky in facing Cleveland with, you know, absolutely no quarterback play? Probably should have lost the game to Minnesota. Definitively should have lost the game to Buffalo. Give some credit. Um, the Broncos are a team that surprised some people with that five-game winning streak. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to be capable here. Um, and it's this is a number that's very telling. We've seen some two-and-a-halves out there, some threes. This is a game you got to wait till we get closer to kickoff to see what happens. Because remember, guys, you bet numbers, not teams. If this goes to three-and-a-half, definitely fire on Denver. Never trust the Chargers to win by margin. And what I mean by that is more than a field goal or closer to a touchdown. And when you get to three-and-a-half as a key number for them to win by four or more, I mean, yes, is is twenty one seventeen or 28-24 an absolute possibility? Yeah, but I'll take my chances with the better number in a team that, dare I say, guys, dare I say, has the better offense because it feels that way. There's only 12 points difference offensively in 12 games between Denver and Los Angeles. This is a Chargers offense that hasn't looked good. Six points last week, 10 points the week before, 20 Uh, The week before at Green Bay. Yeah. uh, I don't know if I want to trust the Chargers offense here to put up a lot of points. And they certainly don't have the best home field advantage in all football. So, uh, wait and see what this number does. And I think that's going to give you a much better indication of what to do with this game. All right. Fourth game here in our Power 5. We'll go to a game on the 1 o'clock slate that I find very interesting. It's the Rams and Ravens in Baltimore. Ravens laying seven and a half. There are some sevens out there uh, if you look around. But a total, low total of 40 and a half. Now, one again, remember, you bet numbers, not teams. If I see a seven with the Ravens, I'm probably going to jump on it. Seven and a half makes it a two-score game. That makes things a little bit difficult. In fact, I do see sevens across the board right now. Um, The Ravens are a much better team than the Rams. I think the Rams are – frauds. I bet against them last week with Cleveland, and for three quarters, I looked like I was going to be dead on right. And then everything fell apart for the Browns and Joe Flacco in the fourth quarter, and they had a turnover and a short field, and the game looked a lot bigger than it was. But, you know, I I mean, look at the weird numbers in the spreads here. So they're only a a one-and-a-half-point favorite at Arizona. Then they go a a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the best defense in the league, which I thought they were overpriced. And now they're a seven-point dog on the road. Make it make sense. Well, their last two road games, they lost by 17 after beating the Cardinals, the two key road games before then. They lost by 17 and 23 to to good teams in Green Bay and Dallas. And if you look at the Rams across the board, uh, away this year, you know, hasn't been pretty. They lost at the Bengals. They blew a 23-point lead to the Colts and only ended up winning in overtime. And then we saw what they did with Dallas and Green Bay in back-to-back weeks. So, uh, I think the Ravens roll here. It feels very chalky. It's kind of gross. It makes me feel a little bit dirty because I don't like chalky bets like this. But I just trust the Ravens. The Ravens are coming off a bye. Best coached team in the league. Most well-prepared team in the league. Their defense is really good. Like, you want a good prop bet here? Take Matt Stafford to throw a pick. Over a half interception. Absolutely. Because the Ravens' defense gets after it. Uh, And they don't allow a lot of points, which is why this total is so low. You know, if you want to try to eliminate some of the variants here, and the Ravens are really good at home, um, I may take the Ravens in the first half if you get three. Yeah, you won't get three. You'll get three and a half or four. But still, I'd take the Ravens in the first half. Because if the Ravens end up screwing up, it's usually late. We've seen that from them. If you, if you look at their losses, look at Cleveland. The, the game they lost to Cleveland, 33-31, they were up huge. They were up 24-9 to in that game, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it was 24-9 in the third quarter. Um, so... When the Ravens lost to the Colts earlier in the year, they blew a late lead as well in overtime. Let me just double check this because of their three losses. Um, it was a close game, but they were up uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, and then the Steelers game too. I think they blew another late lead. Let me just double check one more time on the score there. I know that they were up. Yeah, they were up ten to five. Baltimore's up ten to three or ten nothing in the second quarter, but ten to five after a safety. Uh, in the fourth quarter and end up losing the game 17-10. So I can endorse the Ravens in the first half here is is the the long way of me saying all of this about um, the Ravens. So uh, I I think they're the better team. They're they're the more well-coached team. This is a spot here where I want to look to play on Baltimore, especially if you've seen that seven out there. Again, I I see them across the board. Um, If it goes back to seven and a half, may give a little bit of pause. If you're inclined, buy a half point and get it down to seven. Pay the pay the extra juice, the extra ten cents there, and go ahead and do it. Um, I don't think it's a bad bet, but um, I don't always like to do that if I don't feel confident enough them to win. A half point shouldn't really make a difference to me. Uh, if the Ravens, and, and still at that, they actually have to win by eight to cover. So all you're really paying the extra juice for is a tie, not a win. All right, final game here in the Power Five. Back to the four o'clock slate. For a a game that's flying under the radar, interesting, and we see this happen. This is a situational spot here. 49ers hosting the Seahawks. 49ers laying a big number at 10.5 and a a total of 46.5. 49ers played one of the biggest games of the year last week. Traveled to Philadelphia, whooped up on the whooped up on the Philadelphia Eagles, 42-19, the rematch of the NFC Championship game. Remember after that NFC Championship game, 49ers would say, well, if Purdy didn't get hurt, we would have won the game. Well, they proved it. Now, after back-to-back road games, they're going to come back home and they're laying a hefty number to a division opponent. Oh, by the way, two weeks ago, do you guys remember who they played? Yeah, the Seattle Seahawks. They won that game by 18. They're playing them again two weeks later. Oh, God, do I love Seattle in this spot. And I mean love Seattle. Seattle in this spot, a six and six team that absolutely needs to win a game to keep themselves alive in a playoff race that's getting ever increasingly tight, and a team that has kind of you know hit the here over the last couple of weeks, right? They've lost three in a row. The Seahawks, four out of five. The only team they were able to beat was the Washington Commanders, and they only did that by three. This looks like a huge mismatch on paper, and again, Seattle right now tied at six and six with three other teams, with two five and seven teams nipping at their heels. Yeah, must-win game here. And oh, by the way, here's my favorite nugget on this: eight of the last ten games, regular season games between these two teams, were decided by one score. Oh, that number at ten and a half, two scores. Yeah. Guys, this is Seattle here, all the way. 100% Seattle, all the way. Again, purely situational. Is there a reason why Seattle should keep this close? No, there's a reason why a lot of things don't happen. They're on the road, they've lost three in a row, they're playing the best team in the league. This is a spot where you feel like San Francisco, after the huge emotional win, comes out a little flat and allows Seattle to keep this thing close. Seattle and San Francisco typically always play close games, as I told you. doesn't matter where the game is. Since 2018, they've had 10 regular season meetings, eight of them decided by one score. This is a beautiful spot to take the San Francisco 49ers. I absolutely love every bit of them. All right, that'll do it for... The Power Five. Um, we've got a lot to get to here still. We've got to do the Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a very tricky spot to figure out for Atlanta, guys. Um, short number, tricky spot. What do you feel comfortable with is really ultimately where this thing is. And uh, I think the Falcons have started to turn a corner here. We'll talk a little bit more about that on the other side. we got our guests to get to. Of course, PTSD coming up at the end of the show. Parlays, Teasers, Survivor, Decision, Our Best Bet. Plenty more to do here. It is Weekend Wager. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, game 92.9thegame.com, and the Odyssey app. We'll be right back. Welcome back in. Weekend Wager. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, game 92.9thegame.com, and the Odyssey app. Make sure you guys hit me up on Twitter, at Mark Coming up here in a little bit, Adam Trigger of Wager Talk will join us. We'll get three games from him and a best bet coming up. But as always, we will break down the Falcons game coming up against the Buccaneers. Uh, You look at the, the Falcons' the spread this week. Kind of interesting, uh, opened up at Falcons minus 2.5 with a total of around 40.5. I've seen this number bounce around a little bit. It was down at 1.5 through the middle of the week. Uh, We're back at 2.5 right now, so it's tough to figure out, you know, exactly from a numbers standpoint what this spread really means. Um, You know, there's still some twos out there in the marketplace, even some 1.5 still, so it's a little bit slow moving depending on when you're looking at odds. But all that said, uh, this is one of these games here, guys, where – if the Falcons want to prove they have turned a corner, they have to win. I mean, think about it. They're six and six. They have Tampa Bay at five and seven right behind them, New Orleans at five and seven right behind them. They can literally, with four games left after today, after this week, make it very, very difficult for anybody to win the division but them with a win, putting two games distance between them already with a series sweep over Tampa Bay and a one win over New Orleans. They literally can put a three-game differential between them and the next two opponents with four games left because of the tiebreakers. That's what is at stake for the Falcons. You absolutely cannot lose this game. There will be no excuses if they do. That's the bottom line. Uh, I, I, I'm sure that Arthur Smith has told everybody this. I'm sure that he's talked to the team about it. But this is very much a scenario here where uh, I don't like – what is in front of the Falcons? Why? Because it looks like the last couple of weeks they've tried to go back to running the football, which I agree with, right? Like, don't put it in Desmond Ritter's hands all that much and he can't make that many mistakes. I think that is all very much a smart move. However, if you're going up against the Buccaneers that is one of the better run defenses in the league, they don't even give up 100 yards per game, and they're one of the worst pass defenses in the league. So, common sense would tell you that throwing the ball probably is the best way to win this game. If you're the Falcons, throwing the ball to win a game is probably not the best thing to do ever. Now, it's hard to really take anything from last week's game against the Jets because of the conditions, you know, and how wet it was, and just, you know, the team that they played wasn't really a real offense. The only thing we could take from the last, you know, week is Carolina and Tampa when they played last week, and the fact that Carolina, you know, kept it pretty close. Um, you know, they got the new coach bump as after they fired Frank Reich, but nonetheless, this is a a team in a scenario here where if Carolina can stay close to Tampa Bay, the Falcons absolutely should be able to beat Tampa Bay. Now, they're going to have to slow down Mike Evans. That's number one. Uh, they can't allow him to have a big day. They're going to have to get pressure on uh, Baker Mayfield and make it you know a scenario where uh, they're going to force him into some mistakes. But manifestly, the Falcons should be able to impose their will on a team like Tampa Bay that is not – a very good offense, period. I mean, if you look at them as far as offenses is concerned, they're bottom third of the league. They can only rush for 85 yards a game, which is one of the lowest in the league, if not the lowest. I think it's the second or third lowest behind the Bengals and the Raiders. Um, and they only average 19 points a game. Now, what does that say? The Falcons basically only average 19 points a game. But, again, that's a whole different conversation. So, um, I, I just I don't know what the Falcons have to do. They have to find a way to win this game. From a betting standpoint, <laughs> I try not to overcomplicate this. I mean, yes. If I if there's a two and a half out there, I think that the uh the, the Buccaneers would be a great teaser option. We know the Falcons can't win by margin. We've seen this repeatedly from them, right? Of their wins, only two of their six wins have been by more than one score. One of those is week one against Carolina. Um and the other one was uh, the win over New Orleans, 24-15. to Everything else has been been within one score. So you have to believe this game is going to be close. But the Falcons also have a win by one, they have a win by two, and they have a win by three. So is laying two and a half here the most advantageous thing? Probably not. I would tell you guys objectively I'd I'd probably pass on the game. I genuinely would. Just because I'm, I'm not... You know, from an emotional standpoint, I, I, I do want to see the Falcons win. I think you guys know I believe in Arthur Smith, and I want to see him succeed. That said, you know, I, I just don't love this spot here. For a team that this year has seemed to take a step forward, two steps back, step forward, two steps back, you know, they put back-to-back wins together for the first time since week one and two of the season. Winning three in a row would be something I don't think Arthur Smith has ever done. Let me just check real quick. Uh, he didn't win three in a row last year. And he did not win three in a row his first year. So Arthur Smith has never won three consecutive games. And that scares the hell out of me as head coach of the Falcons. And that's really manifestly what is in front of them. Don't like the game at all. What would I do? Would I play the first half under again? The total is so low, guys, it's hard for me to do it. Even though it came in last week. But, again, a lot of that was the weather. I mean, if you're getting a first-half total of 20-and-a-half, yeah, 10-10, 10-10, get you home, that may be the best way to go. I think we've talked about the Falcons' the first half-unders uh, repeatedly this year, and and uh, I don't think it's a bad spot to do it here, but that's probably the only way I would play this game. All right, time to switch gears. Let's get to our guest. Joining us now, you hear him here often on Weekend Wager. You can check out his work at WagerTalk and Wagertalk.com, WagerTalk TV. Adam Trigger joins us here on Weekend Wager. Trey, good to see you, man. Uh, happy for- Week 14 in the NFL, man.
3: Good to see you too Mark. It was great to see you in person last yeah. weekend.
2: Got yeah. to uh <laughs> grind some
3: bets out together at Encore Boston Harbor in Boston and another pretty good NFL week for me and for CT Bets um we are 3 points off the lead in the Westgate Super Contest. So starting to get down to uh you know winning time here Mark. We have 4 week 5 weeks left and um we need to rack up the wins to to take down that contest so Hopefully, we can win a few of them and uh, give them out to the listeners here.
2: Well, let's do that right away. Three games coming up, including a best bet. We'll start with Seahawks and 49ers, game I talked about in my Power 5. Um, this is a, a great situational spot here. I like Seattle. Uh, it's a big number for Sam Fran, but I think Seattle here in this spot, uh, given where they are and the emotional game the 49ers played last week, sort of all plays in.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I Listen, I had the Seahawks in this matchup two weeks ago. It was a loss on Thanksgiving night uh, in a game where, you know, I, I think if you sort of look back at the stats, sort of quickly look at it as a glance, you would say, okay, the, the 49ers dominated that game. And I actually don't argue with that. I mean, you think, think if you watched it, it was clear um, who the better team was there. They scored early. And, and, and Seattle didn't really have much of a chance in that game. But I think that the biggest takeaway for me was Geno Smith. He was clearly injured clearly not a hundred percent playing on, you know, remember that was a short week. And also there was a point in time, maybe a, a day before the game where we didn't even know if he would play. And, and so I think that needs to really be factored into the handicap here. Um, look at how great he played last week against the Cowboys played an excellent game. Uh, didn't look hurt in that game. And I think the Seahawks will benefit in addition from Gino being, you know, at more of a, of a full strength version of himself than he was, in this matchup two weeks ago, um, they should benefit from having more time to prepare for this game and having just seen the 49ers. I think that that's a little bit of an equalizer, you know, having just seen a team, obviously you're able to to adapt to what went wrong and, and now sort of put it back out there two weeks later. And then the point you made, you know, kind of teeing up this game, you know, the 49ers are, are, are running away with this division. They just blew out the Eagles and in, in a massive statement game, and they, and they really, like, you know, blew the Seahawks out a couple weeks ago. So the 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 chances, like, there's going to come a point in time very soon where the 49ers kind of go through the motions in a game. It, it's just natural. We, we see it every year as the, the last sort of few weeks of the NFL season come about. The Niners are going to mail it in at some point. Could it be here? I mean, it's definitely possible. There would be reason to sort of have, like, a flat spot or a letdown spot. But the other thing I do think plays in our favor here, Mark, it is the twice in three weeks sort of yes. NFL scheduling yep. trick. They they love they've done this in recent years, where they, they take a divisional opponent, wait till way late in the season to have them play, and then just have them play each other like two weeks later. I tip I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um I'm going off of memory, but typically going against you know, against the spread, kind of fading what happened the first time is a good is a good way to approach these games. You, and, and for obvious reasons, right? Like everyone just saw the Niners win big two weeks ago. So the spread is going to reflect the 49ers winning big two weeks ago. And from a, from a value standpoint, you're almost always going to get value by going the other way. Um, it's not like a foolproof you know method by any means. But in this situation, knowing we're getting a full strength Geno Smith, uh, and then, of course, the, the point you made, about the the 49ers winning sort of like the big statement game last week and winning in the fashion that they won, which was a total dominant, total blowout. You know, as this trends back to like this open 12, some places got hit, got bet down pretty quickly. I think the betting public might push this back. And, and yeah. there may be a point, 11 and a half or 12, where I've got to jump back in with this game. So I'm with you, Mark. I like the Seahawks here.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, the other component to this thing too uh, that I brought up earlier, eight of the last ten regular season games between these two teams, all were within seven points. These teams always play each other close. Uh, that Thanksgiving night aside, these two teams always are competitive with each other, and these are the kind of games where Pete Carroll shows up as a as a pretty good coach to uh, to to remind everybody that he's you know still does what he does. So uh, I'm with you there on on uh, on that game. I think it's a, situationally you know it's it's a great spot in Seattle definitively needs a win to keep themselves in the playoff race, right? Like, I don't know if they'll win the game, but I, I think it's to be a lot more competitive easily than two scores. Adam Trigger of Wager mm-hmm. Talk joining us here on Weekend Wager Sports Radio The Game. Game number two here, Lions and Bears here. Lions back out on the road, um, and they are a three-point favorite against a division opponent in the Bears. And, you know, this is one of these numbers when, it, when you first see it, you're like, wow, that seems really short. And then you start to dive into it a little more, and you start to understand why.
3: Yeah, that that's how I'm looking at it, and you know, this is it, it, these teams have played recently, not not twice in three weeks, so a little bit more time has elapsed since since they've played. Uh, but this is one where I almost think the outcome of the first games a tad deceiving. Uh, the Bears, I thought, should have won that game. They led the entire game. I, you know, it was a game that the Lions kind of stole late, uh, and then of course the the final play. Um, you know kind of adding the safety on there to to make the fine you know, to make it look a little bit more um you know it's it's just a misleading score in my opinion um the bears i felt like were the better team in that matchup you know that was justin fields coming back from a month off uh, a month out with injury and he had a great game ran for 104 yards something that i think you'll probably see here because the lions tend to struggle against quarterbacks that can can move around and run that's almost like the the profile of team you want um, if you're looking to play against the Lions is, is mobile quarterback that can escape pressure and get out and make a play. And, and there's no reason I, you know, to think that fields won't be able to do that again here. Um, you know, the bears coming into the season, I actually, Mark, I remember you and I did a spot on, on one show where we just sort of bashed the bears defense for like an entire segment and how <laughs> abysmal they were, but they've been a lot better. You know, I don't, I think I, I'm going to pump the brakes here. I'm not going to call them a, like a good defense at this point, but I think to, they've certainly improved, like, much more so um, than the beginning of the year. Now, can the Lions still move the ball and put up points against them? Of course. I, I kind of said it all year. The Lions, when healthy, are a really good football team. Offensive line is awesome. Uh, they, they are one of the contenders in the NFC, in my opinion. Uh, but you know what? I'll give, I'll give the Bears, like, a little extra sort of half point or point when I'm evaluating the number based on their respect that they know the Lions, right? Like this, it'd be a little bit different if this was a team that wasn't familiar with that Lions offense, having that, you know, having a game plan for them. But the Bears, they they see this team all the time. They know Amara St. Brown. They they they, they should be, you know, they, they should know what to expect, um, you know, from the Lions. Now, it doesn't mean that they can stop it, but it at least gives them a leg up, in my opinion, in, in preparing for this team. The other thing that I think gives him a real leg up is the weather forecast for this game. Um, it's probably going to be rainy, cold, windy in soldier field. And, you know, Jared Goff has not played well outdoors throughout his career, which makes total sense. Mark, like he's a Cal guy played in the pack 12. Um, and, and this was Goff playing in the pack 12, I believe pre like Utah and Colorado. So it was like, you know, it, or they may have just been coming into league. The point is, He's been used to playing in nice weather. Gets drafted by the Rams. Um, you know, hasn't hasn't had to play, and then and then he's in Detroit, but he's inside. Um, so his numbers out outdoors are not great. Um, there's a there's a contrast there. They're they're far worse than what his career averages are in, in other games. And you know, so you put him out in the elements here in in a field that you know the elements are always sort of heightened, right? Like I don't know if you've ever been to a game in, in Chicago in the winter. I mean. That's elements right there. That is that it can get pretty nasty. And I'm not saying it's going to be a crazy, you know, weather situation on, on Sunday, but you know what? Throw, throw some wind, throw some rain into the mix. In my opinion, it can only help the bears cause there. So, you know, this has been bet down a little bit. Um, I, I agree with you. Like at a glance, you're like, oh, that number seems low, but, but maybe it is low for a reason. I think anything on, you know, this side of three, like if you can get three and, the hook with the bears here. I, I think that's probably good. I, I would probably, I I'd probably have to back out of this once it gets to three and you lose that key number, but plus three and a half with the bears seems like the right way to bet this game. Yeah. I just, it, it's probably, it should be another competitive game and, and one that the bears have a chance in.
2: Again, Adam trigger joining us here on weekend wager. Check out Adam at wager talk, wager talk.com wager talk TV. Uh, and get out all of his plays at WT.buzz WT dot buzz backslash a T. All right, final game here at Best Bet. Uh, we have the Colts and the Bengals in a game that is, you know, I can't figure out the Colts. I, I've, I, I've successfully after like I remember you and I talking like I bet the Colts. I think. Colts games, like four out of the first six weeks, and got all four of them wrong, and I said, I'm done. I'm done messing with this team. I can't figure them out. I have no idea who they are. Uh, And the gardner Minshew thing, when he was supposed to be bad, then he was good, and then he was good, he was supposed to be bad, and it was just too much for me. But what are we looking at, Colts and Bengals? You Bengals laying one-and-a-half after Jake Browning all of a sudden surprised the world like he could play quarterback.
3: Yeah, so you and I on our other show, The Hustle, uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday, I believe we talked about this game. I made a case for the Colts. Uh, I still think that's the way I would look from a side perspective here. But the the more I've sort of dug into this game, I think I have a stronger bet on the total. And I think that this, this one's going to go over the number. I mean, you know, even the current number, even the 43 and a halfs and the 44s, you know, I know that this ticked up a couple points, but this looks that this really has points written all over it here. Mark, uh, you know, the, the Colts last week uh, managed to score 31 points and win the game despite running the ball for only 55 yards. Uh, you know, Gardner Minshew, a guy that, you know, I've I've praised throughout the course of this year. I think he's a, a very, very good backup quarterback. I think every team would love to have him. I mean, he's always prepared. He gives you know he's gonna turn the ball over at times, but for the most part, he's given the, the Colts a chance to win just about every game. Three hundred and twelve passing yards, two touchdowns in the win last week. But the Bengals are really poor against the run. And I don't think the Colts are gonna have trouble running the ball the way they did against the Titans last week. And I think that opens things up for the Colts offense here. The Bengals also don't, you know, don't blitz very often. They don't blitz very often because if they did, they leave themselves super exposed because they don't cover the middle of the field particularly well. And and as I just said, their, their numbers against the rush are not good. Um, So that's sort of how you get to Minshew. Like that's, if, if you look at the games, he's really, really struggled in this year. It's teams that have got after him with blitz packages and, and, forced him to get rid of the ball quickly um which is obvious you know is part of the reason he has has the turnover problems that he's had at times this year uh but i think if the Bengals are going to going to try to blitz here the colts can probably counter that with with running the ball or with just sort of you know kind of checking it down and so on and so forth with which the Bengals have been poor against so either way this should be a good matchup for the colts offensively the reason i've sort of not switched. I, I certainly didn't switch my pick, but the reason I've I've I'm sort of now you know more passionate about the over as opposed to the Colts is I could see Jake Browning having some success again, similar to what he did on Monday night. So I do still I do still think if I was betting the side in this game, I'd have to be willing to like play the comeback to earth angle. I mean, like Browning just torched the the Jaguars' poor pass defense in a big game on Monday night. But now he's going to have some expectations and he's going to have to do it, you know, with some expectations, which can be tough. Um, But the Colts defense feels a lot more like the Jaguars defense than, let's say, the Ravens or the Steelers who Browning had to play, you know, in his first two games. And and, I mean, we can just throw the Ravens game out because it was a game that he was kind of just thrown into. Um, So I'm not going to give I'm not going to really judge Browning at all uh, on what he did against a very good Ravens defense with no time to prepare. Um, the Colts are also really poor against the run. So Joe Nixon should have a better game here. And this is a scenario where maybe if Browning isn't as sharp as he was on Monday night, um, they might be able to lean on the run game a little bit more, which of course you can't really do against the Jaguars who have an elite run defense. So I just think that this is a good offensive matchup for both teams. Um, and and so that's why, you know, I still think the Colts probably find a way. I just, I just don't know if I, I can see Browning coming off the Monday night win on a little bit shorter week now, beating like this red hot Colts team that you and I don't have like a, a really clear explanation <laughs> for how they win every week, like no matter what. But um, regardless who wins this one, Mark, I see both cracking the 20.
2: So if that's the case, we probably have
3: a good chance to hit
2: this one over the total. Yeah. And there's one other interesting thing to note about this. Like if the Bengals don't win the game against the Jaguars, right. And they don't win it by scoring 34 points, Right, like if they lose this game twenty-one seventeen, right, or they lose a the game twenty-one to twenty-two to the Jaguars, or even if they win twenty-one twenty, are they a one and a half point favorite here at home against the Colts? I would say probably not. The fact that that oddsmakers could install them as a favorite because of what they saw from Jake Browning and not have the the total correlate in a sense where it's still lower is kind of telling to me, right? Like all of a sudden it's like okay, maybe you're getting a little value here on the total overall. Am I, am I seeing that right? Yeah,
3: I mean, listen, I think I think you're getting value at this point on side and total Colts and over. Uh, the Jaguars just lost on Monday night and they just lost their quarterback. I mean, it, it, from a motivational standpoint, it, the Colts have to feel like they have yeah. a chance to win the division. Yes, so Crazy. Uh, I mean, it doesn't mean they're going to come out and play well, but they they should be very much up for this game. And again, like I, I like the Colts on the side, but. I really think that it'd be really, really surprising for me just with the defensive sort of issues that both teams possess. uh, I'd be shocked if either team holds the other under 20. And and so for that reason, I've got to roll the dice with over 44.
2: Adam Trigger, wagertalk.com, TV. Thanks for the time this week. Appreciate it, brother. Good luck with the bets.
3: You too, Mark. Have a good weekend.
2: Coming up next, PTSD, parlays, teaser, survivor, decision best bet right here on Weekend Wager Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back in. Weekend Wager Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929 TheGame.com, and the Odyssey app. Final segment here, as we do each and every week, week 14 in the NFL. Again, give me a follow on Twitter, at Mark Zeno. Use that hashtag, weekendwager929. All right, parlays, teaser, survivor, and decision best bet. Uh, Moneyline parlays, guys, this week. You know, it's tough because. There's not a lot of really favorable numbers out there. Um, look, I, I think you guys know, I told you in the Power Five, I take the Cowboys. I would definitely put them in a money line parlay. Uh, I think that they are one of the more viable teams out there, laying three and a half at home. Um, there's not re- again, the Falcons could be one. Um, the Browns could be one against the Jaguars. If you find out that Trevor Lawrence isn't starting, and you want to take the Browns and the Cowboys uh, as money line Parlay teams here, Cowboys minus 196, Cleveland minus 162 gets you plus 144. I think that works. Uh, I think the Cowboys probably are one of your better options. I would not take the Saints. I'm not high on them. I don't know if they win this game. I mean, if you want to take the Ravens at home along with the Cowboys, you're getting into that range where it works. The Ravens are minus 360 and the Cowboys are minus 196, and that gets you to minus 108. Your standard juice minus 110, 10% vig. I mean, that's not a bad play. That sort of works in your favor there. Uh, I think that really is one where, you know, you have to assume a little bit more risk, but nonetheless, I think you get two teams that are going to win the game outright. I mean, do you want to put the Chargers in this thing? Do you think they're going to beat the Denver Broncos? I, I don't know. I feel like that's a real coin flip game. Um, but the the Chargers and the Cowboys get you to plus 153. That's in the range that we're looking for. Uh, I, I can't really endorse anything. With the Titans or the 49ers, given the big numbers that they're laying, um, there's not a really lot of other favorite spots of home teams who are favorites. Again, if you want to put the Falcons in there, do you trust the Bengals? We just talked to Adam Trigger. I don't know. It feels like a little bit of an overreaction to that line. Not sure I think the Bengals can win that game, was what we saw from Jake Browning in Aberration, maybe. But I think that's kind of where you are. Not a lot of great options here uh, for money line parlays as we head into week 14. Teasers, I think there are a lot of great options. A ton of them. Baltimore Ravens got to be in your teaser. Uh, And again, if you want to take the Colts up to 7.5, can the Bengals win by margin with Jake Browning? No. Ravens and Colts feel like a good option. Told you about Tampa Bay. Uh, Last segment, I think they're a great option to go tease up to 8.5. Denver to go to 8.5 feels really good. Buffalo to 7.5. These are all really prime teaser-type spots here um, this week. And what do I always say? When you get all those kind of traditional, what they call Wong teasers, I don't know why they call it Wong. Don't ask me. I guess some guy named Wong invented them. But regardless, you know, when you get those, when you clear the two key numbers of 3-7 and or 7-3, and those traditional teasers with low totals, here's the problem with the Bills, their totals at 48.5. That's probably one you don't want to get into. Denver's down at 43. Uh, We talked about the Falcons at 40. Um... You know, the Colts at 43, although I do think there's some variance there. The Ravens are just at 40. You You'd have to feel like the Ravens and the Broncos may be your best teaser options just based off the total. Again, why do you want to pick lower totals in teasers? Because more points means more variance, right? Like, that's just generally how it goes. So, uh, yeah. Some people will talk about on Monday night. Remember, there are two Monday night games this week, by the way, uh, Packers and Giants and Titans and Dolphins. The Giants are a a six-and-a-half-point dog. Uh, I I, I don't like the spot for the Packers. I think Jordan loves being a little bit overvalued here. That total is only 37. Do you want to take the Packers down from six-and-a-half to a half just to win the game? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's terrible. Do I think the Giants are going to win the game? No. Do I think they're covered? Yeah, I think there's a good shot that they'll cover. I genuinely do. So that's not a spot that I really – you have to feel comfortable really with what is there. Um, could you do sort of the non-traditional type? Take the Raiders up to nine? Can the Vikings win by margin? Probably not. Would you want to even take the Bears up to nine? What we talked about with the Bears and Adam Trigger talked about with the Bears being uh, the lines being bad at, at uh, on the road away from Detroit. Another option there. Can't really touch Jacksonville until you know who's starting at quarterback. You just can't. If it's Trevor Lawrence, that line's going to flip massively. So you got to stay really close to inactives time. I'm really close to the news because as soon as it's confirmed, if it's confirmed, you might see Jacksonville go to three and a half. That's about it, which, again, I still would think would be a buy point on Jacksonville given um, what they have in front of them. That said, uh, if it does flip, this is going to go back to Jacksonville, you know, even money or, or, or you know, pick them or, or maybe even Jacksonville being favored. Is Trevor Lawrence worth four or five points? Probably, yeah. Because even if he does play, you know he's going to be a little bit hobbled. So you're not getting 100%. Trevor Lawrence, and, and it, it still makes it, you know, a, a situation where you know, probably don't get the full value for him. So we'll have to wait and see. But those are your teasers. Uh, survivor. Man, if you are alive in Survivor right now, uh, you can't have many good things left. You just can't. Um, a lot of people will point to the Packers. You probably still have them. Can't say I wouldn't endorse it. If you have the Texans, would you take them against the Jets? Probably wouldn't have an issue with it. If you have the Falcons, would you would you take them against Tampa Bay? Yeah. If you have the Browns, definitely an option. Um, you don't want to do underdogs. You just generally don't do it. So, um, you know, if you save the team like the Eagles, you don't want to take them this week. If you save a team like the Cowboys, you don't want to, the Bills and Chiefs. If for whatever reason, you have either one of them, you probably don't want to take them this week. Do you want to take the Chargers if you still got them? I wouldn't. I don't like the spot, but I certainly understand. Uh, why, you know, from the the, the number standpoint, why you would do it. Um, I wouldn't take the Vikings on the road. Maybe I would. Ugh. God, I mean, when you get to this point in the season in Survivor, if you're still around, you've definitively used some of the better teams. You've got to, you know, this is why when you start to get week six, seven, eight in Survivor, if you're hanging around, you still have to do a little bit of planning to figure out what's next. You just have to. Like, you can't walk into the rest of the season blind. And a lot of survivor pools, when you get to this point in the season, they make you pick two to eliminate more people. So uh, if you're in that spot, yeah, it's going to get really, really tough. But Packers probably is what people I think would be the most pick, survivor pick this week in the NFL. All right, finally here, decision time, best bet. Probably no secret at this point in time where I'm going. It's the Seattle Seahawks. Adam Trigger talked about it. I talked about it in the Power Five. Situationally, I love, absolutely love the spot for the Seattle Seahawks here. Played them two weeks ago. Got blown out. You know, is the 49ers team coming off a huge win on the road in dominating fashion. They'll probably let up a little bit. They just, you know, every NFL team does it. After they have a big win, they sort of just let their foot off the gas pedal a little bit. You know, they celebrate a little bit too much. You know, the the film study was great. It was easy. There was nothing tough about practice this week. And they get caught. One of the biggest things for me, eight of the last ten regular season meetings, including the last one that just happened, were all decided by under seven points. And so when I get two scores here, I get ten and a half. Uh, I 100% am going to take Seattle here. And the public's going to jump on San Fran at home after the big win. This number may move from 10.5 up to something even higher. But Seattle Seahawks, plus the points, best bet here for Week 14 in the NFL. Appreciate you guys joining me. As always, it's a lot of fun. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what games you guys want me to talk about in the upcoming week. Use that hashtag, WeekendWager929. Thanks for listening. Best of luck with your bets. Go cash some tickets. We'll talk to you next week. It's Weekend Wager, Sports Radio, 92.9thegame.com and the Odyssey app.